also I do uh, separate audio recording and I don't use the zoom audio. So don't, you don't care. Why do I tell people this? Okay. I tell people stuff. Oh, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Bless you. That's why I get a good microphone. Thank you. Headphones. Like, should I change the background real quick? So I only release the video on Patreon. So if you don't want people to see that you're, you have an organized closet on Patreon, then you can close it, but <laughs> it's totally up to you. Hey. It's looking nice and organized, so it is. I'm okay. I'm very big on saying things correctly. And then Yemeni American is how I would say that, correct? Yeah, okay, yeah, Yemeni American. That's All right, right, we're on it. Look at me. Look at me knowing stuff. You're, Listen, you this are is cultured. You are smart. I'm yeah. so awesome. That's it. Interview <laughs> over. All I need is that soundbite. Thank you so much. <laughs> Oh, hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor, writer, and comic Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, Ahmed Al-Qadri. Ahmed is a Yemeni-American comedian based in Los Angeles. As a young child in Dallas, Ahmed dreamed of becoming an accountant. Obviously, who doesn't? But his immigrant parents forced him to be a comedian instead. We've heard that before. An improv class in 2016 at Dallas Comedy House started Ahmed on his professional comedic journey, and he's been making people laugh for money ever since. In 2018, Ahmed moved to L.A. to pursue a career in stand-up. Today, he connects with audiences through funny, heartfelt stories and jokes about those little things in life you have to laugh at. When he's not on stage, you can find Ahmed giving bike tours around Los Angeles and indulging his inner foodie, writing Yelp reviews for new restaurants near Hollywood. Also, Ahmed's website is AhmedLovesBread.com, and I too love bread. In fact, I got an interview at a radio station a hundred years ago when I was turning in like 70 resumes a day to different places by finally putting, I eat carbs in the subject line, and that was the first interview I got. I better know Ahmed from re- meeting him right now in real time, and he's here today to tell us about his life, his jobs, and to promote his new special special not special which will be live on youtube on february 24th of 2024 22424 which i really appreciate because i like numeric weirdness that's the accountant i'm all about angel numbers oh i love it it will provide me good luck yeah it will (laughs) so ahmed how proud are your parents of you how much do you miss being an accountant what's your favorite part of comedy or filming your special tell us all the things all right so our how much of my parents are proud of me now Let's, I got a good story for this. Okay, well, one, uh, my dad died uh, of COVID two years ago. However, this is like, it gets sad, but then it gets all like wholesome. And but he died two years ago. But um, one of my favorite memories when I, uh, in a weird way, came out to my immigrant parents as a comedian. So it was, it was June of 2017. Now, so it was June of 2017. I already, as I mentioned, I already started, uh, I started stand up and improv like January of 2016, like comedy in general. And I was like getting really good. And I was like falling in love with it. Accounted by day, comedian by night lifestyle. And then June of 2017, I got accepted into a master's program at University of Dallas. The goal was to get my master's and then get my CPA. Now, the day came for signing up for classes. I was like, I can't do it. I, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't like accounting, which will transition to the second question. But I was like, I'm just going to like keep my job, just work as many jobs as I can, like 
and then move on to uh, full-time stand-up. So uh, I, it was June 18, 2017. I was turning 24 years old slash Father's Day because my birthday falls on Father's Day every once in a while. Yeah. And, um, you know, my mom made us a cake. We're singing happy birthday. And then they were like, my mom, she said this. She was like, oh, Ahmed, like, you know, and like you're a man now. You have work. You have your degree. You have a good job. We found you a wife or a potential wife. Yeah, this is an arranged marriage story, too. So they're like, we found you a woman for you to speak to in Washington that we want you to talk to. Because you know how Arab arranged marriage, it's not like forced, <laughs> but it's an arranged where it's like the mom sets you up. Yeah. They're, and then I was like, no, mom, I'm not going to meet her. And my mom was like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, I'm moving to L.A. in one year from now. And she's like, what do you mean? And she goes, did you find a job in L.A.? I was like, no, mom, I'm going to pursue comedy. <laughs> and then like my brothers, my dad, my dad literally like opened his phone and like, oh, wow, the news is kind of crazy. Can you believe Trump is the first year is kind of crazy? And then like my brothers are like, oh, shit, like shit's about to go down. And then my mom did this thing that immigrant parents do where they speak English just to get a point across. She said, you're not even funny. Oh my God. And my brothers were like, ah! They, they, my brothers reacted as if they were on Maury and they heard that they were not the father. Like, they were like, ah! They started flipping tail, dancing. Oh, <laughs> like, dying. Yeah. And my, my, my dad's still in the corner like, damn, that's crazy. Trump wants to do the Muslim ban. What's up with that? Like, like, like he won't acknowledge like, it at all. He's like, that. what you like, just uh, said didn't happen. checked out. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, my mom was flipping out. Uh, my mom was just mad because it's like, here's just like, your son is doing all the right things that your parents... Because it's like, forget... Arab culture, Muslim, just like in general, like stand up or in the artistic fields, it's just different, you know, no matter what family you're in, where it's like you go to school, you get a job and then you get married and then you have kids. And it's like it's like this step by step process, which is so boring to me. So now, like before. So my dad died. But before he uh, uh, after he died, uh, my I had we were at his funeral. And there were people coming up to me. They go, oh, you're Ahmed. You're the comedian's son. And this is before my career like started like picking up what it is now. And they were like, yeah, uh, you know, your dad at board meetings he used to play your... I only had one YouTube clip up. Yeah, and it was unlisted. And it was five minutes. And he's like, oh, he used to play your YouTube. He's like, oh, this is Ahmed. This is my son. Like, this makes me want to sob. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Sweet. So people would be like, oh, like you're the one. Like, And he's just like... Like he, like my, apparently my dad, and I know he would be doing this. He would like watch my video after every punchline. My dad would look at the people, see if they're laughing, and then Come look through. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's yeah. so sweet. Yeah, yeah, it was very sweet. And my mom, my mom is now, she's not like, this is, it's hard. It's not that she's supportive, but she's not against it either. It's more like, uh, resigned yeah she's just whatever about it it's more like you know every once in a while she will screenshot something and goes ahmed i don't like this joke <laughs> she really doesn't like gay jokes but whatever 
<laughs> oh, that's so you funny. Know? But uh, she doesn't like certain jokes, you know, if, or, or she goes, you cuss, don't say fuck. Why do you say, when comedians say fuck or shit, it's not funny. It's not like she doesn't like curse words at all. And I was like, okay. My mom's the same way. Cursing. Did you stop doing yeah, it? Like, Did you start working clean? It's not that I work clean per se. It's like, I will try to do better in a sense. I will, like, instead of saying... Unless I have to say fuck, like it was fucking huge, like for, you know, emphasis, uh, description or yeah, something, or yeah. emphasis. Yeah. Yeah. I'll use it. But for the most part, I try my best to not. Hold on. I'm listening. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. You're getting the sun, sun is driving me right. fucking crazy. Sorry. No, I totally As for the people who are just listening, she, <laughs> the sun was in her eyes. I, Turns out the earth I, is moving. Even, well, go ahead. <laughs> I said the earth is moving. It's so weird. Yeah. Wait, you're in LA? Yeah, yeah. Okay, did you feel the earthquake last? I sure did. Friday? The building I yeah, was in was... kept moving. It was so scary. Yeah, yeah I was not into yeah, it. Yeah, that was a big one. Was that yeah. your first I, one? Did... No, no, no. Oh, okay. I've been I've been living in LA since uh, August of 2018, so I've felt a couple earthquakes since. But this was the first one where me, as a 30 year old man, I yelled out fr- last Friday. I yelled, "No, not my vision board." <laughs> Ooh, now I hate you. We have to end the video. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, oh gosh. Oh god. <laughs> okay, wait, I want to go back. So so you don't necessarily work clean, but like you earn you make yourself earn the curse words like more when you're performing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I mean, smart. I I just go for funny. Yeah. And I like even the special that I'm releasing, it's uh, you know, there's a good amount of clean. But usually at the at the last like few minutes, I have like two three jokes where I'm like, oh, I'm going there, you know, I'm I'm going real dirty, or the other one I'm going real, like I don't really go dark. I have a couple dark jokes, but I go a little uh, like bathroom, like penis jerking off jokes sure. or humping jokes. But but I earned it. That's yeah. Tr- I try to go for it. Um, I do college gigs here and there. I can work clean. That's so impressive. <laughs> There's so many comics who can't and there is money to be made in the college and the yeah. corporate circuit. I know people turn their noses up at it, but I'm like, you're passing by on money. It's the same thing with doing like opening crowd work for like TV shows and stuff. And I'm like, when people are unwilling to let themselves work clean, I'm like, that's stupid. You are just sitting on money. And and also like people don't realize with colleges like you just need 10 minutes of squeaky clean because when you do it have you done an ACA showcase uh-uh, not yet so you you do a showcase uh and um like okay you submit you you submit like a three minute you know or a two minute tape for NACA and that has to be like super clean but then but then when you do your NACA showcase you only do 10 minutes you do a pretty clean set but you could get away with a lot and now lately the college gigs you know knock on wood hopefully i don't like <laughs> i don't jinx myself but for real like you could get away with a lot it really just college kids are not dumb it really depends mm-hmm. of like do you do you come off as an asshole or do you come off of like i mean me generally like maybe it's because i have i'm i'm not I'm not punching down. Yeah. And if I am punching down, it's like tongue in cheek. Like I'm just being silly. Like mm-hmm. that, that's the only time, like the only time, like I've had a moment where, uh, like someone got up and walked off. It was, um, it, it wasn't even, it was like somewhat of a college kid. It was like this Muslim student association. 
they like hired me for a gig and i i just said the word penis and only one girl she was like but you could tell like she was so religious even the other people were like yeah this like i said the word penis and she like got up and left but i was like okay if you can't handle the word penis it's like you gotta look at some things. What's going on? Yeah, you can't filter yeah. the world. Was it a Muslim college, or was it like she just was the? It was no, the Muslim student. It was University of Buffalo. Oh, it was like this. It was like some Arab Muslim Studios Student Association, and like I had a great time. It was just like, like I go, I went a little bit dirty with them because it was under the school board, so mm. I was able to get away with a little bit more. But for the most part, I, you know, I had a lot of fun with that with that gig. And I'm I'm about to do some more colleges first week of March. I'm doing like three colleges around Hell Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. So are you full time comedy now? I know it said like, mm -hmm. the, OK, so when was the because we'll get into your jobs in the next section. But was there a moment besides like, hey, mom, I'm moving to L.A. because you didn't tell it. So what with the arranged marriage situation, she, <laughs> yeah. you were like that girl peace. I'm not. I'm not even going to meet her or did yeah. you end up meeting her? I didn't meet her at all. Oh, okay. I mean, there was no point of meeting a girl that, with the intentions yeah. of getting married and then I have zero intentions of getting married. <laughs> no, I'd rather do that in my dating life. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> just bomb that way. Yeah. Okay. No, but uh, no, it just, I, you know, didn't want to meet her. And it's also like me meeting her. It's not just her. I have to like meet the family. Yeah, I'm yeah. like sitting down with her and like, like this is how my brother Abdurrahman or AR got married. He literally, they went down to Houston. He met his, you know, the, you know, the woman, the the lady <laughs> and sitting next to her was her father and her uncle. And they were literally just like, what do you do? He was like, I do this for work. I get paid this much. I, you know, I pray, blah, blah, blah. It was like yada, yada, yada. She started asking some questions, like personality questions, and then, um, and then, yeah, he answered all those questions. He asked all the questions he needed, and then they're like, "Okay, cool." And then they did the, they got engaged the next week, and I was like, "All right." It's wild to me. What year was that? If you don't mind me asking, I know it's about this him. This is in Abdurrahman got married twenty seventeen, so to, or late twenty sixteen. I think he met her. So like the the wedding itself was like January of twenty seventeen, but like. They did like the engagement or like. Yeah, they uh, did it quickly. Yeah, like or like the shaking hands type of my my daughter will marry your son type of situation. My dad was with my brother at the time and they were doing they were negotiating like dowry and stuff. And, that's a that's a thing that still happens in the United States. I know it happens in India all the time, but like I was not aware dowry yeah, was dowry, still. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, actually, like, yeah, like so like, let's say, are you married? No. Okay, so let's say you and I were to get married, right? Okay. <laughs> and then and then let's say you and I were to get married and then I meet your father. Your father and your mother, your family, including you, would ask me for a dowry. And that which is part of because you are they are like because I'm marrying you and you're part of my family now. Yeah. Type of thing. And um, which a lot of feminists believe it's like, oh, your property. I'm like, oh what? See, I want to go that far, but it's like, I remember like hearing, um, well, not just hearing, like it happens a lot, like growing up in the, like in the Muslim community, they'd be like, oh, like they got engaged and then the wedding was called off because the other family would ask like too big of a dowry. Come on, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wow. I mean, that's kind of like dodging a bullet though. Yeah. Like if I, 
Because you would meet like some bougie family. I'm not gonna even say like what culture background, you sure. know, it doesn't matter. It just it's like let's say like a rich family and they would ask like a huge dowry. Or it would be like a rich like a guy who comes from a rich family and then the other like family is like, Oh, this is an opportunity to make as much money. Like it's kinda like yeah, it's kinda crazy. So, um, is a dowry just because I know that in in other cultures, at least I I can't say speak for all, but in India, it can be like a house or food or like a cow. What is is it strictly financial from? No, no, it could be anything. I mean, it really depends on what the family asks. Like back then, during the days like Prophet Muhammad, like he they would only ask like a few dates or a few pieces of gold, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like very, they try to be more minimal sure you know because they're trying to be like you know the least the least minimal requirement or whatever like the least you ask for the more baraka or the more blessing your marriage will be um which kind of makes sense because it's like if you're asking like if let's say yeah like if you and i are getting married and your your dad asked your dad went up to me and he goes you know what just like, you know, just take care of her, you know, give her a couple pieces of gold, stuff like that. You know, yeah, a couple yeah. gold pieces and, you know. Call <laughs> <go>. it. <laughs> but then for some reason, your dad just really wants to go. But it's like just that. <laughs> Nothing too expensive, you know. And that just sh- proves like something about his character, sure. right? While like if your dad comes up to me, he's like, all right, $25,000 a Tesla. And you're just like, okay. Like it just proves how materialistic the family can be. So it's like, sure. it is very interesting. I don't think, actually, I have a funny story. I remember when my brother, Abdurrahman, was getting married. I think the doubt, my dad was the one who promised them a huge dowry. <laughs> my brother was like, why would you do that? My dad's like, I don't know why. I just, I just like, said I it. Just, <laughs> I just said it, blurted it out. And my dad, like, let me rest in peace. He was like a very nice guy, yeah. very generous guy. So he was like, he want. I don't know what was he what he was thinking. Probably he was just trying to flex, but like, <laughs> but he has like a really big account. My brother's like, what? I mean, like, shut up. up. Paying the dowry, but yeah, wow. um, I don't know. I'm still like indifferent about marriage. I mean, I don't even have a girlfriend or a victim yet, so we don't have to worry. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that. Okay, wait. I have to move this curtain again. Hold on. Okay, so th- for the people listening, uh, <laughs> the sun is setting. I mean, it's 326 right now. Yeah, how so, is it setting already? Yeah. Well, right. we're still in winter. Yeah, we are. You know, sun's oh, going to be, we're going to lose the light probably like yeah. what, 430, probably yeah. 5. Oh, this setup ain't it. Oh, thanks for being patient. This is the most professional oh. podcast you've ever been on. This is this is as happy as you're going to be. Hold on. One more, no one, more, one more option. I'm going to close the yeah. full curtain. Oh, that's better. Well, I don't look as diseased. Better. It's better. Whatever. It's, fuck it. It's so annoying. I look like okay. poor Amit. You're able to like pivot and not. It looks like I have some sort of weird skin disease where like I have white stripes all over my face. God bless you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You look like that character from Braveheart. That little gremlin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank yeah. you. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. I sure do. Lupus. I sure do. Some it's weird rude. Disease. Yep. You're rude. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to, I not to make this all about that, but I'm so curious because you're willing to talk about it. So in your family, because you are the person that was like, accounting is not for me, 
and I'm not going to meet this potential mate. And your brother went ahead with an arranged marriage. Did he take the bullet of like, okay, cool. We got one arranged marriage sorted. I'm not going to yeah, worry about yeah. my, I would say, uh, so like my older brother, he, uh, I mean, he has his own issues. We'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's more like drug addiction, stuff like that. And then for me, I think, cause growing up, I was like, even though I was the second child, I was like, I had to be like, okay, we have one son that we could like be proud of. And I was doing all the things like I got, a, got I was getting good grades and I got, um, you know, I got my degree and I have a job. So it was just like, you're checking all the box because something about like, just, I'd say like brown communities in general, or just families in general, like they need that. You need to look good on paper because fathers and mothers love to go and be like, yeah, my son graduated. It's not even a brown thing. It's just a people, an American thing, probably. It's an American it's like, thing. It's an American it's thing. It's an American thing where it's like, oh, yeah, my son just graduated from Harvard and my son, yeah, like you got to look good in paper. Yeah. So I was checking up all the boxes until, like, you know, I found comedy and, uh, well, I, comedy, I've always wanted to be a comedian, but like, I found like, Dallas Comedy House and it gave me this like blueprint. I started taking improv, you know? Yeah. And it gave me this blueprint be like, oh my God, I can make this dream happen. Like mm -hmm. I can make comedy a career. So so you, as far as the like presenting to another family and having there be an arranged marriage to kind of like culturally continue the lineage, you feel like, like your mom isn't continuing to push, hey, there's somebody no, in LA for you to meet. No. Oh, that's great. No, no, You're lucky. No. I mean, if I really asked my mom, she could find me one. But like right now, it'd be hard to uh, as a comedian. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Kate, you just made you just made me think. Like, if, imagine right now I'm trying to marry someone. They're like, "What do you do for work?" I'm like, following my dreams. <laughs> Where'd you last perform? At an open mic in the middle of North Hollywood. There were three people there. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm doing some college gigs, and you know sometimes I headline. I headline off nights, and I'll be selling some tickets. I'm releasing my special. I have a lot of penis material. <laughs> Check it out. When oh, like I, I go, love it. I go to an arranged like me marriage meeting, and they literally play my special. <laughs> I'm like. Fuck. They're five minutes in, your ghost dad flies in and is like, huh? Huh? And they're like, no, no, you gotta, you gotta go. You gotta get over. Yeah, That's no, hilarious. You gotta get it. How do you, yeah, I, I really thought about that. Like, if I, if I want to do an arranged marriage, like, you ha again, you have to look good on paper. So sure. it's like, I can't, especially with the title of comedian. No, I gotta be like, I gotta be a working, like, I gotta be a Hudson Minhaj or a Mo yeah. Armour. You know? Yeah, yeah, both uh, prolific comics. Thank you for saying their names correctly. I'm so, so are you practicing a practicing Muslim now, or would you say you're a def defunct or it's not happening anymore? Um, okay, so that's a good question. Thank you for asking. I would say, okay, uh, I still, okay, there's five pillars of Islam. So there's like Shahada, which is like, no, like, you know, you believe that there's only one God and Prophet Muhammad was the last messenger. And then there's, there is uh, Salah, which is your five daily prayers. I've, I've been making some of them. <laughs> uh, I try, but I for sure make the Friday prayer. I know every Friday you have to go to the mosque and pray. Third is Zakah. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, Ramadan, which is fast. And I do fast every month for Ramadan, which is March 10th, March 10th through April 10th this year. 
And I'm very happy because uh, Muslim calendar, we go by the moon. So it shifts back every year. So hopefully by next year, we're going to we're gonna have like some really short days of fasting. I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I remember like what, a couple years ago when it wasn't too long ago when uh, Ramadan was in, in the middle of summer. And you have to fast. Like we'd have it's to break long our fast. Long-ass like, days. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Okay, and um, for people, wait, real quick, before before you give us the other yeah. two, but for people that don't know, um, for Ramadan, they're, they own, the practicing Muslims are only fasting when the sun is up until the sun is down, although that is still yeah. a lot harder than people would think. So when he's referencing days being longer, that just means like your stomach is just growling for so much longer and you're just sick. Like, ugh. Exactly. Thanks for explaining it. Yeah, no. yeah like it's, um, I even have a joke about it in my special. Oh, I go, it's where we fast from sunrise to sunset for 30 days. If you're a Catholic, it's like Lent, but taken seriously. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Yeah, rude but true Catholic, Elizabeth, they're yeah. like it's so true it's no, so like, true, it's so true. <laughs> oh, I love it okay so give us the other two the last two uh, the last two is pilgrimage Hajj which is you oh. go to the you Saudi Arabia you do that black you circle around that black box <laughs> that's the best way to explain it cool <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm living. Term and uh, last is zakah, which is uh, donation. So you have to donate three percent of your wealth after taxes. So three percent, which is not much, you know. So it's just, and you have to donate it to you know a mosque or uh, like my. I donate my money to uh, if I make money. <laughs> I donate my money to uh, this organization called Pure Hands. PureHands.org which my dad, it's a, it's a charity that my dad started before he died. But basically, uh, they just focus on uh, Yemen, um, just aiding, sending doctors, uh, oxygen tanks, water, stuff like that, like nece necessities over there. Well, that's really lovely. We'll put that in the show notes for people to learn some more. I, I think uh, friends of fan or fans of friends will totally know uh, Yemen because that is where Chandler is going to fly because he thinks he's made up a country name and he just picked a country and he thinks that uh, you know, it, uh, who was oh, what is the name? Um, well, yeah, Janice. Janice, thank you. Janice is yeah. going to follow him there and he's like going to get on the plane. So that's how a lot of people <laughs> from in the early 2000s. It's, actually, it's literally my first joke when I say my parents from Yemen and people go, oh, it's where, it's where Chandler escaped from Janice on the show Friends. And people like people, it. it always clicks because there's a lot of people that watch Friends. So I love that. Um, yeah. And now, uh, yeah, I also even say a bit where I go now because of the news, they either feel sorry for me because of CNN news or they're scared of me because of Fox, Fox. News. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's... Oh, uh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're 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 uh, growing in our uh, mm -hmm. repertoire. Yeah, you <laughs> our, are. Our reputation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, I, and it's crazy because there's like huge Yemeni communities around America. Like they're big in Dearborn. In Oakland, Michigan? California. I didn't know that. Huh? I didn't know they were big in Michigan. That's Yeah, big in the Bay Area, Dearborn, Michigan. Actually, yeah, Dearborn is the largest population of Arabs in general. I didn't know yeah, that. Yemen, a lot of Yemenis, Lebanese, Iraqis, like just in general, yeah. 
Like yeah. if you go to Dearborn and or Hazramat, it's like you'll just see stores all written in Arabic. And you're gonna get the best food of your life. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, you'll have some really good food there too. Okay, so uh, just I thank you so much for sharing so openly about this. I'm fascinated. So you're doing like three quarters of what would technically make you an active practicing Muslim. Is that would that be fair to say? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would say that because like because I'm not I'm try I could be better obviously, but I'm not like. I'm not religious either. Like, I don't know. I, I'm I'm so like wishy-washy about just religion in general. Cause like even like okay, like if no matter like whether you're Jewish, Christian, Muslim, like if you're just really religious, you're just like you're not fun. You're just <laughs> you're like a hall monitor for God. It's so <laughs> annoying. You know what I mean? We're like, you can't do that. That's haram. Or like even Christians, like it's so sassy when Christians are like, I'll pray for you. And like, oh, come on. Bless like, your oh. heart. <laughs> yeah, bless your heart. You're like, okay, dude. You just, you like go blind from an eye roll. <laughs> Hall monitor for God. I wrote that. That's such a good line. Yes. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, so you would say, so for your family in general, like you being a comedian and you living in Los Angeles is you, you've had enough of a life where you could give up accounting fully and dive into comedy as your full-time gig and then giving like tours around LA occasionally. But for the most part, you're a full-time comic. When did that, yeah. when did that shift for you? Cause nobody starts as a full-time comic. Yeah, that's a great question. So, so I again started in like early 2016 improv sketch. Moved to LA August 2018. When I first moved here, I was like, I'm never gonna be an accountant anymore. I'm just gonna do comedy. Obviously, just moved to LA. Didn't know shit. I learned very quickly. You know, uh, savings, whoop, credit card debt. Whoop. As a comic, what? That does not happen. What are you talking right. about? I was. You know how you. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to admit it. I was one of those few idiots that moved to LA thinking this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, you know, I'm going to be featuring for, I'm going to be working at Laugh Factory. I'm going to get passed at this club here. I'm going to be passed. Like I tried to, I was literally thinking like, I'm going to do all this in the span of one or two years. Like, wow, how naive I was, but quickly was like, okay, I need to get back into accounting. So I was working as a salary professional server service or salary professional consultant. It was SPC. It was like this program under Robert Half. Robert Half is that temp agency. Oh, okay. Uh, big branches around the big cities in America. But like I was under the, the accounting department. So I was an employee under Robert Half. So I was just this glorified temp where they would but when I and when I first got the job, they dude, they gave me like twenty one dollars an hour. It was to be good. an account that's insane. I make more babysitting. Dude, they really it was before the pandemic, but I should have asked for more money. They really fucked me on yeah. that. And I was just like not. You didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. I didn't know. And I yeah. was so desperate for money. Yeah. I mean, like that's I should have negotiated because like. I'm, I, and I'm still learning my value. Literally right now, I, I was doing it. I'm not going to mention the club, but they uh, they they sent me an email. They go, we'll give you a 50-50 door deal. And I respond back. I was like, I want 60-40. Like, we'll meet you in the middle, 55-45. And I was like, God damn, I should have asked for 70-30. And they would have given me my 60-40. Yeah. But it's just things you learn. And, and, you know, I'm still learning. And it's like, I'm again, I... 
I'm still like, I'm not a huge headliner yet. I mean, I'm still, I'm headlining Thursday nights, Sunday nights at big clubs and I do weekends at smaller clubs. Good and for you. Am I very proud of it? Uh, you know, hopefully I'll be Yemeni Kevin Hart one day. That'll happen. <laughs> you know, I have been lifting weights, so I'll be Yemeni. Look at you. He's jacked, awesome. everybody. You were, I noticed that when you moved the curtain, I was like, shit, he lifts. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Ever since I saw him career blow up i was like all right you know what we're hitting the gym no you know? no i'm beeping out his name just everybody stop mentioning him on this show he's okay. from ohio oh, okay. and he shits all over ohio that's where i'm from and i'm like uh, uh anyway sorry go ahead so you're oh, getting he's from ohio yes that explains everything oh, fuck off okay now we're done <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding no, I don't. Yeah, okay so you big yemeni big yemeni community in cleveland ohio apparently Okay, that's I love Cleveland, so that that's awesome. Okay, so you so you're doing the SPC job as an accountant. You're not getting paid enough. You're like this yeah. isn't so. They give me like twenty one an hour, and I would be like, so I'd be like, okay, I'll be employed for like uh, the first one was the Los Angeles Homeless Service Authority, lost. So I was working as like just a regular bookkeeper there, and then and then I will be done with that project after like you know two months, three months or so. Yeah. And then after I was done, they had me employed where? Oh yeah, they had me employed at this other company called Telesign, it was a tech company. But in between, before like, before they gave me that job, I would have like two, three weeks of just chilling. They call it bench time. So they would still pay you throughout that time. So that was cool. That That's was like dope as hell. Yeah, and then they would be like, okay, you're working at this company called Telesign. That one was crazy because it was all the way in Marina Del Rey. I was w living in North Hollywood. So I had to like, 2019 was a crazy year for me. Can you? I wasn't getting paid enough. Wait, explain to so, people what that distance is and how long that actually took to drive. Because people uh, not from L.A., that's that's an enormous oh, drive. Yeah. From L.A. to Marina, North Hollywood to Marina Del Rey, that's like at least hour and a half commute. At I least mean, one at, way. At least. I'm saying at least one way, at least an hour and a half and or two hour commute. So it got to a point where I would have to wake up at 6 a.m. just so I could get down to Marina Del Rey, find this LA fitness that was near the job, just so I could work out there and then you clock in at like 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. whenever. No, I didn't have to clock in at 8 a.m. But yeah. Ugh. So, so you do like. So what's the moment yeah. though? Cause I want to, we'll get into the nitty gritty of like the jobs in order in the next section, but I just want to know what was the moment where you were, you felt financially free enough to oh, be like yeah, comedy yeah, is sorry, it. Sorry. I thought we like skipped to the next section. Sorry, okay. No. Yeah. So, so accountants and then, um, after a, a Robert half, I was employee, I became an employee under this fertility company that was working for them for like a year and a half after that. Um, I, uh, January of 2021, I started doing TikTok every day. I was like, I'm going to post every single day. And then I moved late, like a couple months beforehand, my room or old roommate, Ryan moved in and he was the one that got me into TikTok. So he and I just started doing a bunch of sketches together. And we like, you know, fortunately, like that's where the, my following started to grow a lot. Uh, started popping, TikTok started growing and I was going live and I was building this community. And then by March 4th of 2022, like I, you know, comedy was picking up a lot. And, and that's when I was like, you know what, let me start touring and maybe I can make some money touring while I, and sell some merch. And, and, and I was just like, and I'm going to be real with you. Like they, 
like I quit right before they could fire me. Does that make sense? Mm, yep, yep, yep. Like they they were going to put me on like performance review or, or, or like a observation a or like plan yeah, or whatever. Like yeah, that because I'm be real. Like I was getting all these opportunities. I was getting like corporate. I got a couple corporate gigs. I got some brand deals. Oh, and and this was during the time Instagram was paying. So Meta was paying. So all my Instagram and Facebook reels, they were paying me and I was getting an extra thousand a month from that. Woo-hoo. So yeah, through the bonus features. So that was damn. It Yeah, things were looking up. And and I was like, you know what? I'm done being an accountant. And I was getting fuck ups after fuck up. Like, <laughs> you were begging. You're like, somebody let me go from this shit. Yeah. And I was like, they were like, what is going on? You're making it was all these little mistakes that kept happening. I was making all these little mistakes. And then the little mistakes kept adding up. You know, you can't do that with and money. <laughs> People get real you hot. You can't do that. And I was working <laughs> from home, too. So it was just so. <laughs> You're like, I was doing a TikTok video. I can't fucking pay right, attention. Right, right. No, straight up. Like, I was doing, like, videos and shit. And then... Um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will be real. Like, I was focusing so much on, like, comedy slash content creating. It was Good taking up so much of my time. You know, my actual job. <laughs> it's getting about. in the way. But, I mean, it was, it was like... And, and also, like, you... Uh, you you kind of... It's kind of weird, but you kind of know. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, yes. And I didn't want to. Oh, okay. Okay. Now that, I, now that, like, it's all coming back to me now. I remember going to a comedy show and it started coming up on my mind. I was like, dude, like, accounting's not working. I think, like, I think I can make this work. I love it. But, love and, it. and then I was telling my friend, Isan, uh, or, and my therapist, too. I remember being like, they're like, one foot's in accounting, one foot's in comedy. And if I, and it's right now, like, I have to make the leap. Otherwise, it's going to rip me apart because I'm getting overwhelmed. And mm-hmm. one time, uh, my, I was talking with my friend Isan Ahmad, a fellow comedian. And I just saw him in Austin, gave him a big hug. He's doing great. Oh, he's the yeah, best. He's awesome. Yeah. yeah. He's the best. And and he was like, uh, I was telling him about what I was going for. And he was just like, I think it's time. You know, it's time for you to quit your job like you're you're light years ahead of other people you have a bigger following than some headliners that i know like you can do it and i was like yeah but you got to think logically about this i gotta have savings i gotta make sure i'm financially ready and he was just like you can only be so logical when you're following your dreams oh i love that that's so true yeah so wise and such a wise boy <laughs> <laughs> as he yeah, fucked he off and he's like i'm of- moving to austin yeah yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And he, yeah, he, uh, I mean, he was visiting from Austin at the time, but, but I remember like he gave me some great advice and, and, mm-hmm. you know, I remember quitting my job and, and even then it, that was a struggle too. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2022 was a crazy year for me because I, touring was a lot harder than I thought. I mean, and I tell everybody that like I'm now, a, I've been a touring comedian for almost two years now. And, it's tough. Yeah. Selling tickets is so fucking it's hard. It's a grind. It is. Yes. It's a grind. Yes. You There's so many ops of uh, variables, mm-hmm. you know? So unless you're like a huge name comedian where like you could literally book. Like right now, John Mulaney, like he found a small theater in Chicago and he booked like some small theater and he sold it out in one hour. Like, yeah, he's John Mulaney, mm-hmm. you know? Um 
but for me it's like even like okay literally like uh i was booking a uh, i'm booking some shows in like if i'm booking shows in the midwest right Mm -hmm. i will literally google like okay what's the weather like there around like march april because if it's if it's cold enough it's good but if it's hot in the midwest people aren't coming that's right they're not coming they want to drink they want to be outside they yeah. want to be outside. They want to go drinking. Yeah. I got, right. and that's something I learned. Like in Chicago, Chicago, when it's warm, I, I got screwed. I went there the first week of May. And now when you're tossing a coin, mm-hmm. you're either, you're either, it's either going to be extreme snowy weather or the weather is going to be beautiful. Perfect. Yep. And it's just so funny when you land in a new city and the weather is beautiful. You're like, damn it. You're, as a comedian, <laughs> you're thinking, shit, but everyone else is so happy. But it does affect your ticket sales. That's it does. one. Mm-hmm. Um, um like social media is the number mm-hmm. one way to like promote your shows but it's also like facebook ads it didn't help me at all and that's something i had to learn the hard way facebook ads never helped me instagram ads don't, don't does not help me could at you all. could you see the metrics on the back end of like the actual conversion like you know for sure that there was not a correlation between yeah, i was getting wow. like uh, i got like so many clicks on the ticket link of the show i was promoting but no one <laughs> no one came. Like I will get on stage and I would say, anybody came came from the Facebook ad. Good for you Sorry. for asking. Nothing. Did, did anyone know from TikTok? Everyone right TikTok or Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, people will wow. know through social media. That's what I've learned. But then also another thing that I had to learn the hard way was I built a lot of my following in the beginning was from sketches or just phone. You know what I mean? Talking yeah. content, whatever. Not actual stand up clips. So, oh, I didn't even think about so that. It's like, yeah, they're fans of you, but are they necessarily fans of comedy? Stand up, yeah, comedy shows. So, you know, 2022, I started posting more stand up, but 2023, I like I'm, most of my content within the past year is mainly stand up, not and not others. I'll still post some sketches here and there. I mean, my friend is meeting me up and we're about to post some more, we're about to shoot some sketches. I love sketch comedy no matter what. But here's some other notes that I have, like that I want to pull up. Like, you know, when it comes to bookings, you know, raise prices to $25 a ticket. Uh, Mm. You know, see if the venue can send you the emails after tickets are sold. Uh, Oh, yeah, I have an email list, so I'll send emails. Yeah. Um, That is your most valuable asset. I've, I've gone to many classes about this. And the thing that they say over and over and over and over again, more so than people's handles, more so than anything else, the most valuable asset you will ever have as a working professional, whether you're in entertainment or not, is an email list. Yep, that's right. And I have, if you go to my, to the listeners out there, but if you, if you go to my Instagram or my TikTok and you hit the link in my bio, it takes you to my beacons. And the first thing up top in the beacons, it's like first name, email, city and state. I immediately and I add it into my little Excel spreadsheet. I know I'm an accountant. That's what I do. This is going to but this is why you're light years ahead of so many comics. You're treating it like a business because it is a business. Like, oh, it's my job. Yeah. Well, that was the that was my mentality. What right the first day I started stand up comedy, I treated comedy like my job. It was this job that I knew will pay me dividends in the future. Like, I look at everything as a business. Like, when I was driving, you know, miles for an open mic or an audition Mm -hmm. or something, that's me paying my dues. That's how I feel. That's me owing comedy a million dollars. And this is me paying my debt to comedy. Mm. Um, You know, let me think. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Always book three months out. 
that's the best one of usually the best time to book a show is three months out for mo for the most part sometimes they book a year it depends on the club but usually three months out um oh this one's this is interesting this is a good this is a good tip too the best time of the month to send an email is the sixth of or through the 14th of the month so february 6th through february 14th it's usually the best time or you know march 6th through march 14th or uh you know whatever month from april 6th or april 14th that's the best time to send emails to comedy clubs to get booked is that just because you've seen the metrics prove that or there's an actual like reason that that's no, true there is like an actual region a reason um uh it was a specific agent or a, a manager slash agent she told me about this but she was like Thank you folks so much for listening. That's going to do it for us. This is part one of two with Ahmed Al-Khadri. And he was so incredibly generous with his information for new comics and just people in general that care about comedy and don't really understand the process. You got a window into how involved it all is and how when you run it like a business, as he does, oof, it is it is a lot of work. And you can see why some people burn out and you can see why some people become successful. So Ahmed is well on his way. And in between parts one and part two, between this week and next week, Ahmed's special, special not special, will be on YouTube. So please find that and give it a watch. He was so generous with his information. I definitely learned a ton from all that he shared. So yeah, it's just a kind thing to do. Be kind. It's more fun. It's easier. We love it. And remember, if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. We will see you back next week for part two with Ahmed Al-Khadri. And in the meantime, go watch Special Not Special. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night.